If you're curious to engage with a lot of the topics we explore on the podcast in more creative and embodied ways, we welcome you to join us in Alchemize, our 10-week audio-based program of daily imagination practices intended to disrupt status quo ways of thinking, sensing, relating, and being. To be honest, without any grant support for our show right now, and we did just get turned down by several mainstream environmentalism philanthropies, this program and our Patreon are our primary means of supporting our labor for these free podcasts right now. We really want to remain untethered to corporate interests, and every small contribution to our Patreon or enrollment in our program Alchemize helps to ensure that we can continue producing these vital conversations that feature voices and perspectives often sidelined from mainstream media. So if you value our work and want to dive deeper with us, join us in Alchemize today at greendreamer.com slash alchemize and join our Patreon starting at just $3 at patreon.com slash greendreamer. Thank you so, so much for however you were able to support our work during these critical times. We are so deeply grateful. You, you know, you always hear like, oh, be the change and let's impact the world in a positive way and all of these things that can be sort of tongue in cheek sometimes. But like, it's actually true. People who are passionate and who have a big dream and who really believe in that dream and who really go after that dream can really shift the world individually and collectively. And um, I, I think that's just a really exciting thing. What are some key public health and environmental issues stemmed from the food and beverage industry that we should know about? How do health concerns sparked by the food industry trap people in states of ill health, making it really hard for people to even break free of this cycle? That's just the tip of the iceberg of what you'll hear today. I wanted to take a moment to first thank our sponsor for this episode, which is Buffy. That's spelled B-U-F-F-Y. Buffy makes comforters that are better for you and for our earth using fluffy filled made from 100% BPA-free recycled water bottles and a skin-friendly eucalyptus fabric as the cover called Lyocell, which you may know is one of my personal favorite and one of our currently most eco-friendly cellulosic fabric choices. I'll tell you more later along with an exclusive discount code just for you. But for now, on to our episode. Let's dive in. Hey, it's Kamea Shane, and this is Green Dreamer, a podcast for creatives, visionaries, and entrepreneurs dreaming of a sustainable future. Thank you for bringing your light. If you haven't already, make sure to hit subscribe. And together, let's learn what it takes to thrive in every sense of the word. Our guest today is the co-founder and CEO of Canvas, a healthy beverage company committed to improving individual and global health through functional nutrition and innovative technology applications. She's also the former founder and CEO of Pacific Superfood Snacks, which you may have seen before in health food stores. Uh, this company was later acquired by Made in Nature. Primarily right now, though, with Canvas, they're on a mission to upcycle spent barley, that's a byproduct from breweries, uh, into nutrient-dense fiber and protein-rich beverages. What an amazing opportunity, right, to support better nutrition for public health while tackling food waste at the same time. Green Dreamer starting with what inspired her passion for the environment. Here's Sarah Poole. 
you know, I remember being back in, in sixth grade and we were in science class and we were kind of tasked with caring for the environment in, in big ways. And it was like the first time that I had learned, you know, that you didn't maybe have to flush the toilet every time <laughs> that you went or, you know, you didn't have to wash your towel after every time you got out of the shower. And my mind was just totally blown. And then I ended up going to school at UC Berkeley where there was just like just a major commitment to to the environment and, and to, to sustainability in general. And then and I think, you know, getting into food and, and beverage, I just realized, oh my goodness, like how, how unsustainable the food system can be, how much food goes to waste every day. And it was just like, it was almost like there was no possible way to not do something about that. Um, and particularly when it came to, to spent grain, you know, we learned the statistic very early on that 8 billion pounds of spent grain uh, go to waste each year. And it was like, whoa, 8 That's billion crazy. pounds of food. <laughs> yeah. So that we could be turning into something like really special for, for feeding the world. So for sure. Um, yeah, well, I want to back up a little bit. So how did you get into the world of health foods in the first place? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I was an athlete in college. Um, and then post-college, I was continuing to compete in like marathons and triathlons. And I started really, really honing in on nutrition. And one thing led to another. And all of a sudden, I was eating a 100% plant-based diet. And and then I realized, A, the lack of plant-based foods on the market compared to you know the rest of the food. And then I also realized that a lot of the food that I was eating was filled with preservatives and colors and gums and thickeners and gels. And I was just kind of like blown away that 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 was in the food that I was eating that I thought was healthy. Mm. So I was just like, I was shocked. And it really compelled me to figure out a way to provide people, you know, basically snacks, organic snack foods that had none of the above that were just made from real food. And that's really what drove it. Do we know why these fillers and gels are in our health foods? Like, why are they there in the first place if they're supposed to be health, healthy and clean? I know. It's such a good question. I, I think, you know, it's so interesting. It's like appearance and flavor are everything. And after, you know, even a month on the shelf, food starts to degrade and it affects the, the overall quality of the product. But as we know, like, like companies that are putting out like imperfect produce or, you know, using, yeah, basically imperfect produce to make juices, etc. It doesn't have to be pretty. And that's another misconception that, you know, that for whatever reason, we like what looks good versus just like the, the utilitarian purpose of food. Um, and so it's, it's just so interesting. And we've really strived even with canvas, it's, it's really hard you know, there's so many things that we could put in it that would technically make it taste better for longer. But it's just something that is a true guardrail of ours that, you know, we want to give people real food, period. And, um, and yeah, I think there's a lot more companies out there doing that now, mm. which is great. Yeah. So with conventional food brands, they're really capitalizing on trying to sell whatever looks better or it's more yeah. sellable based on what we pre perceive to be prettier or what our taste buds tell us tastes better. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, if you even think about it too, like eating a hamburger is, is there a real connection to the grains or the cow 
that a hamburger that we perceive a hamburger to be not not really uh you know and we grow up in this mindset cereal what is cereal besides a really you know cool interesting box and a lot of sugar you know that tastes good you know there's no connection to what our food really is so it's just interesting how how much marketing influences our our food choices yeah. So for you, prior to starting Canvas, you founded Pacific Superfood Snacks, which makes kale chips, I believe? Yep. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. And it was acquired by Made in Nature, which is one of the top brands of organic snacks in the United States. And they're also going global as well. So that's awesome. What was yeah. the biggest learning lesson you had from that venture? You know, oh, it was just amazing. You know, at the time, Pacific Superfood Snacks was a pretty small company, a young people who had a really massive dream. And um, and it was really amazing to find a partner who believed in that dream and to see how far that dream was able to go with, a, you know, the right partner or the right amount of capital. Um, and also just showing that like a group of really passionate people can like, make a huge difference in the world. I think that's the greatest lesson is like, you, you know, you always hear like, oh, be the change and let's impact the world in a positive way and all of these things that can be sort of tongue in cheek sometimes. But like, it's actually true. People who are passionate and who have a big dream and who really believe in that dream and who really go after that dream can really shift the world individually and collectively. And, um, I think that's just a really exciting thing to know, sure. you know? What do you think you did specifically that helped to make this happen for Pacific Superfood Snacks? I think we were just pretty tireless. Uh, you know, we we really, and naive, I think, we 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 just believed that we could do it. And then we were just not willing to kind of give up on that. And, um, and I, I see that in so many people, especially right now, in, you know, in the current political environment, it's just so many people are so passionate, finally, you know, like in a really big way where they're just not willing to settle for anything less than realizing truth or justice. And, um, and I just think that that's really exciting and empowering. And, and that, that was really the key to our success is just like, we just believe so strongly in our dream and we just weren't going to quit in terms of going after it. For sure. And it sounds like you've taken that same passion along with you and you more recently started Canvas, which is a healthy beverage company committed to improving individual and global health through functional nutrition and innovative technology applications. That sounds awesome. How did these pieces <laughs> come together? So functional nutrition and innovation. Yeah, it's kind of amazing. Honestly, it kind of feels like we discovered the Holy Grail because really the initial idea was, oh my gosh, there's all this spent grain. Can we create a market? Can we create a food and or, and or beverage product that the market will want and in turn be upcycling all of this grain that's now going to waste? So that was like, how do we solve that problem first? And then second was like, oh my gosh, barley is a superfood. It's a super grain that's been around for centuries. It's been around forever. It's, it's an ancient grain. And not only that, it has like unbelievable nutritional properties in terms of high in fiber, but not just any type of fiber. It has prebiotic fiber and everybody's so hip and on kombucha, which has probiotics, <laughs> but like prebiotics are the other half of that equation. And like barley inherently has it in a way that is like food as medicine for the body. Food is medicine. 
uh, it really has a true impact. So it's like one of the first times we've seen a product on the market that actually has a, a, like an effect on the human body in a really positive way in terms of like the prebiotic effect on the body. So it was like first that, second this, and wow, we can help people achieve better health. Uh, not only in their digestive system, but their overall health because of the power of, of the barley. And then number two, at the same time, we're like helping create, you know, a healthier planet as well and um, and creating a more sustainable food system. Yeah, it's like a win-win. Win. <laughs> totally. Yeah, win-win-win. Yeah. And for those of us who are not very familiar with what prebiotics do and how they relate to probiotics, can you share br- briefly what that's about? Yeah, for sure. So probiotics are like the living organisms. Uh, they're healthy bacteria in the gut that create balance ultimately uh, in our digestive system. And they're really good for, for our overall health. Prebiotics uh, are actually the food that feed the probiotics, the healthy bacteria in our gut. So without prebiotics in our in our digestive system, the, the probiotics can't thrive. So it's almost like it's almost like the most important piece of, of it all. Uh, you can take as much probiotics you want, but if you don't have that prebiotic in there, they can't really thrive and create true balance. Mm. So definitely drink canvas with your kombucha. <laughs> Maybe exactly. not mix them, but... <laughs> <laughs> totally. So, combo. so you had this idea, all of these things seem to work out. What did that process look like for you to turn this idea into reality? It's a great question. You know, it's 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 always such a challenge uh, when you're starting a, a business or launching a new idea. It's just uh, there's so many things that come up that you're like, oh, is this even possible? Uh, can we do this? Will people like it? Will people want it? And um, you know, it took us probably like two and a half years before we had that first bottled canvas on the market because the technology was so complex. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the spent grain itself is so highly perishable coming out of, out of the, the, the brewery. So, you know, we've, we had a lot of challenges, but, um, but it's been just an amazing journey to watch it go from, from an idea to now on the, on the shelves at grocery stores and, um, really, you know, serving a big purpose in people's lives. It's just, it's really exciting. It's something we're super, super proud of and just really, really on a mission to get out to as many people as we can. So you mentioned, of course, you went through a lot of challenges as you were turning this to life. What was one of those biggest challenges you faced um, in building this company as an eco and health conscious business in spite of the beverage space being very competitive? Honestly, the product, the first iterations, it, it didn't taste good at all. And, um, and we didn't know if we could make it taste very good. And also, <laughs> at the end of the day, like, it doesn't matter how amazing it is if we're like, you know, saving, helping, like contributing to saving the planet. If it doesn't taste good, it's people aren't going to buy it and drink it. And then we're not really upcycling that much spent grain. So that was a really hard thing. Uh, you know, like, can we make this, can we turn this into something good without sacrificing, you know, our, our values in terms of like providing people real food, simple ingredients, no preservatives, no, no fillers, none of that stuff that I mentioned previously. So, um, you know, but we got it there. We didn't give up and, um, and it's still, you know, we still feel like, uh, it's, it's great, but we still have so much we can do with it and, and also creating more products. So we're just kind of scratching the surface of its potential. But, um, but yeah, I would say perfecting, uh, perfecting the product has been, 
been an interesting and exciting challenge. Mm -hmm. And what do you think it took for you to really perfect it more and more each step? Uh, You know, since the beginning, we've been very focused on making this a community effort. Uh, We felt like we're not existing just to put a product on the shelf. So it's going to and and it's such a big dream that we're going to need the help of everyone to like to like feed the feed the planet in a better way. And um, and so we really dove in with with people, consumers and people, you know, people who were interested in the product or what we were doing and had them try it and give us as much feedback as possible. And and a lot of that was really hard feedback to receive. (laughs) But um. But yeah, that's really what helped us is that we, you know, now we kind of have this awesome community that we can turn to anytime to continue to get feedback. And, um, and it's really cool that it's been a real true team effort outside of our, our internal Canvas team, but like with the community too. Yeah. So a lot of us also have passion projects focused on wellness, social good and sustainability. Given all of your experience in uh, this space, what would your top tips be for us in terms of what we need to grow our impact and reach, especially when a lot of huge brands dominate this space? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, honestly, it's it's all about telling that story as much as possible and inspiring people with that story so that, you know, when you're not in a grocery store or wherever you might, whatever your product or service is. Uh, that other people are also telling that story because it's compelling and because they want to be a part of it. Um, so, you know, we kind of talk about here, we kind of wear canvas on our sleeve everywhere we go. We just are so, so the, the mission's so big. And so I think, um, I think it is sort of in a way like becoming evangelists or advocates or just like so excited about what you're doing that people can't help but be excited as well and jump on board, even if they may not be a direct user of the product or or service. So that's Mm. the, that's the big thing for us. Yeah. So I want to shift gears a little bit to the dark sides of the food industry. Um, You've been in the food and beverage space for some time now. What do you think are the most alarming health issues sparked by our current mainstream snacks and beverage industry that we should be aware of? There are probably tons, but yeah, there's, you know, there's so many, it's interesting. Uh, I think the statistic is that like within the next five years, like over 30% of the world's population will technically be malnourished either from what? underfeeding or, yeah, or overfeeding. It's just crazy to me, you know, like rates of obesity continue to increase heart disease, etc. all of these preventable diseases from good nutrition and and we know the impact of of certain types of sugar and certain types of fats on our body but these these sugars and fats continue to be and preservatives and colors and all of these things that technically shouldn't be in food continue to be in food um and we can see the impact of that firsthand every everywhere we go and um and then also, I mean, this is maybe more of a personal thing, but then you see the ripple effect of like sort of or like the cyclical effect of people feeling guilty and ashamed because of their bodies and all of this stuff when, I mean, really people's hormones are being messed with on such a serious level as well. It's, it's, it's just wild to me how hard it is uh, to, to just find truly whole healthy food outside of the produce aisle or outside of the farmer's market or growing your own food. So I think it's our obligation uh, as consumers, as well as producers of food to, 
to really take responsibility for that. And so that, that, that for me is just number one. I, I read the statistic last week that one in three Americans eat fast food every single day. I think and, I saw that too. Uh, yeah. And not to knock it, not to knock fast food or anything like that. But, um, but again, it's like that thing is like where, you know, if we can make it so easy to, to eat food that maybe isn't so good for us, like, can't we also make it really easy to provide people access to food that, that is really truly nourishing. And, um, we want to do that for sure with yeah. Canvas. So, uh, I think it's easy to blame people for not eating well for themselves. But like you mentioned, when people already are out of balance with their nutrient levels, they might just be sucked into cravings for unhealthy exactly. food. So it's kind of cyclical and it keeps going, like you said. That's exactly. Totally. Totally. So how do we work with that as a whole? <laughs> how can we break that cycle? And like knowing that fast food or junk food is not healthy and keeps people in that cycle. How do we break that? Yeah. I know it's, it's such a important question. I think knowledge is power and we're starting to see some major companies do some incredible things. Like Nestle has said that they're now, the, you know, it's their mission to become the largest health and wellness company mm. uh, in the world. And you're just like, wow, health and wellness when, you know, we were just eating a <laughs> chocolate bar, you know, like <laughs> 10 years ago. And I think that's just like super exciting. And I think it's all, I think it's a collective thing of us all taking individual responsibility for our own health. And then also, you know, as a group, like really looking at the ways that we can, can continue to push change when it comes to, comes to producing food in a, in a good way. For sure. And I think it's exciting to see that health is becoming a trend. I hope it stays yeah. that way, but it's, it seems like it's on the rise. Same with like sustainability. Totally. Totally agree. Yeah. So maybe that will also make healthy foods more accessible and cheaper because when supply goes up, hopefully it can also, the price can come down so people can afford it as well. You're totally right. And I mean, like five years ago, I don't really remember seeing kombucha in maybe like a convenience store and now it is, or, you know, there's also healthier, you know, like bars, like kind bars or cliff bars now that you can get at your gas station. So I think those are all signs of positive change for sure. Definitely. So something that I know has been a struggle for brands making healthy and organic snacks is the limitations in healthy packaging options. I feel like, well, plastic pollution has been in the news a lot lately, especially this year. But from what I know, at least we don't really have perfectly suitable replacements to plastic for packaging drinks or snacks. Yeah. I mean, it's great for people who are able to shop 100% at farmers markets and make all their own beverages at home. But out of convenience and practicality and just the desire to want to enjoy pre-made drinks or snacks, I think the reality is that most people still are going to buy packaged foods. So with that, what are some insights into the latest technology for healthier food packaging that you can share with us or that you might know of? Yeah, uh, totally. In an industry that seems like it's taking so long to have more solutions, I, I, I mean, maybe 10 years ago, eight years ago, it was impossible to find, you know, recycled plastic bottles, like what canvas is, is packaged in, uh, on the market. And, and now there's so much more, but again, we're like barely scratching the surface and it's still just the thing that, 
you know, keeps me up at night the most is, is the packaging piece because you're exactly right in terms of plastic pollution, et cetera. So where I think the industry is making some major commitments in, in that way as well. And, and it's really exciting and important because imagine, I, I can just imagine a world where packaging is so different than it is now, like a hundred years from now, uh, it's going to be night and day different, even the way that it's marketed. And, um, and that's really exciting. And that's only going to happen because people are so passionate about it as they are now. So continuing to all use our voice in that way and, and get it, like you said, as well, like supply and demand, if there's enough companies who are demanding, uh, you know, that, that there are more, uh, sustainable packaging options. It's just going to continue to open the door there. So I think it's, it's really exciting to see the progress that's been made there, but still a long ways to go. Yeah. And taking another step back in the bigger picture, what do you think we need most to accelerate towards a national or a global population of just healthier humans? Oh, wow. What a great question. (laughs) (laughs) That's so powerful. I think, um, I think, I think if there's a way that we can reconnect with what food really is, I think it will change everything, uh, that we do, including just the way that we snack, the way that we eat meals. I was in Peru recently and, um, it was just such a more simple way of, of life. We're just picking out, uh, you know, the fruits and the vegetables from, from the local market and making just simple soups and, I just realized like, wow, how fast life is, you know, in, in the U S and how busy we are and convenience is truly everything. And, and how we, you know, when we lose that connection, we lose the energy and the people and the connection to the earth. And I think, um, I think there's, again, as fast as the universe is like accelerating in terms of, of our pace of life, there's also this return to the natural way of being and to the earth and, um, and, and more awareness of what that is. So hopefully we continue to see that happen too. It's just a, it's unbelievable how much the earth supports us, uh, in providing us all of this food. It's just, uh, just mind boggling how much it gives, how much the earth gives us and how much, you know, how much responsibility we have to not only appreciate that, but give back. So, for us, we're already in this space, in the sustainability and wellness space. So we're very aware of how we are connected to Earth. How do you think we can inspire greater awareness of this connection for the general population who might live in urban spaces or have grown up in urban spaces and just don't feel this connection? Yeah, ironically, it's like almost that it's no longer sustainable to continue farming food the way that we do on an industrialized level. So we're starting to see things in urban spaces like rooftop, you know, gardens and growing food out in, in non-traditional ways, hydroponics, aquaponics, et cetera. So we're having to innovate, uh, new ways of creating really clean, healthy, amazing, uh, nutrient rich food. And so I think, gosh, I think it's like almost out of necessity. We're having to return to the real thing. But again, like, you know, knowledge is power. Awareness is everything. And the more that we celebrate what, what we have in front of us, uh, again, I think that the more that it'll spread and, and that, that, that awareness will spread. So, well, thank you so much for sharing your expertise with us. What's next for you and 
Canvas that we can look forward to and support? Well, Canvas, you know, our heads down are down. We're on a mission to, to bring better health to the world. And um, uh, for us, we want to bring more products so we can reach more people. So we're really, you know, interested in innovating, uh, you know, great food and beverage products uh, beyond just our fiber and protein shakes that, that provide people that convenient dose of real food nutrition. So yeah, look out for sure for more on the way. Awesome. And where can we go to find Canvas drinks and follow you online and on social media? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, currently we, we ship all across uh, the U.S. So you can purchase it online from our website at drinkcanvas.com. You know, we're a startup, so we're not everywhere yet, but we're primarily up and down the West Coast right now um, in grocery stores and, and different retail outlets. Um, and then you can also, you know, stay up to date with us um, at Drink Canvas um, on Instagram and Facebook. As I mentioned earlier, our sponsor for this episode is Buffy, which makes fluffy, eco-friendly comforters with recycled BPA-free plastic bottles as the fluff, and one of my favorite fabrics called Lyocell, made from eucalyptus as the cover. They have over 11,000 reviews of customers agreeing that it's the softest, fluffiest comforter they've ever tried, and I have to say, I just received the sample they sent me recently, and I am officially chiming in to agree with that statement. But that's just for me. Bedding is obviously really personal and Buffy knows that as well. So you can try their comforter in your own home for free uh, for 30 days. And if you don't love it, you can return it. For $20 off your Buffy comforter, visit Buffy.co and enter Green Dreamer as your discount code. Again, that's B-U-F-F-Y dot C-O and discount code Green Dreamer for $20 off. I'm super excited for you to snuggle with Buffy this season as well, so do let me know what you think if you get to try it out. For now, on to our final five. Let's power through. What's an uplifting social media account or publication you follow? Oh, that's so great. Uh, There's a new um, drink company, sparkling water company called Ugly Drinks, and they're just, uh, they're so positive and uplifting and and funny. And I think their connection to the community is really great. So ugly drinks. (laughs) I will have to check that out. What do you tell yourself to stay positive and inspired? Um, I always, I I think that looking for the good in everything and being grateful, number one. Mm. What's one thing you do for your health, either daily or weekly? I try to walk 10 miles every day. What's one thing you're working on right now to live more sustainably? Uh, making more food at home. Uh, what makes you most hopeful for our planet at the moment? Uh, the next generation of, of young people, you know, young change makers who are, are really into, you know, their, their consciousness is so elevated. It's really exciting to see what's to come in the future. And what final words of wisdom do you have for us as green dreamers? Uh, keep up the inspiration. It, it inspires us all. And, uh, yeah, we're, please, please don't stop. <laughs> Keep up the inspiration you provide us and please don't stop. Green Dreamer, thank you so much for tuning in. You can find the two tweetable key takeaways from this interview as well as links and resources at greendreamer.com slash 94 for episode 94. You can reach me with feedback on how I can improve the show for you through the website's contact page. And as always, you can find me on Instagram at Kamea Shane. And finally, just remember, now more than ever, 
our planet needs your light to thrive. So if you haven't yet, hit subscribe and I will catch you later, Green Dreamer.